Hi, and welcome to the weekly Reality Check podcast, where we take off our headsets and put in our earbuds to listen to the week's latest news and technology. I'm Marshall Inchitz, your host, and this week we are going to be doing a uh, big look at all the different types of sensors that virtual and augmented reality headsets and other types of uh, gear are using. Um, first off, a little bit of news. Uh, you may have seen, if you have an iPhone or follow Minecraft, that Minecraft Earth is going to be coming to the iPhone in beta really soon. That is a experience, if you haven't seen it before, where you can actually do Minecraft, but the blocks and the pieces, the characters are actually anchored to real life space. Uh, I'll mention a few places maybe in, in here in our sensor talk about what enables that type of technology to happen. But it's a uh, really exciting experience. I think it's gonna be one of the next big things, uh, possibly even bigger than Pokemon Go, to be able to play Minecraft in the real world. Um, also, big screen, the um, video playing section is going to have over 50 new TV channels where you can watch them in VR space along with other people. That's gonna be a really fun development for everyone who loves to be social while they watch TV and, uh, and especially if you like to put on a headset while doing that. Um, so today, our talk about sensors, I compiled a list of over 13 sensors that are used on headsets or um, as part of a VR experience. Um, the first one that I came up with here is not actually used in a lot of small VR headset rigs, but more in a large ability to capture um, to capture a scene and then put it into VR. Uh, and that would be LiDAR. It's a light-based radar type of technology that uses a currently a spinning mirror um, or a spinning device that actually will capture visible light, um, but also be able to capture the depth type of information with it so that it is able to uh, provide a ver very accurate three-dimensional model. Um, I believe that Google has used it, other companies have used it to map uh, cities, to map roads. Um, and so those are, they're used to map, map maybe hundreds or thousands of square feet type of spaces, uh, not, not really small rooms. It's limited to a low resolution, so it's not really that great for video. Although there was a demo, gosh, probably over 10 years ago now, that had Coldplay, or uh, Radiohead rather, um, doing a song in uh, in a LiDAR scan. So it was one of the first uh, volumetric videos actually. But right now that technology is more used in a, a large scale experience. Uh, one of the reasons also is that it's a very expensive sensor. Um, they're trying to use these for automobiles, but right now the costs even with that type of scale is still somewhere over $20,000, usually closer to $75,000. Um, the sensors for that, though a lot of people are working on it, and uh, Luminor company just came out and announced that they are working on a $500 version of that sensor that can be deployed at scale to lots of different automobiles. And I really hope that they also work with some manufacturers on integrating that into some VR experiences. It'd be really great for uh, medium or large scale rooms or possibly some sort of volumetric capture, uh, depending on how fast the resolution is, to really provide some quick 
uh, accurate depth information. Anyway, so that's exciting that LiDAR uh, has starting to become more uh, available and I hope to see it used in some uh, probably VR space, but maybe even augmented reality as well. Um, our second one here would be infrared cameras. These are used in a ton of places. Um, a few of the places that they're used directly for VR is the Oculus headsets, uh, the Quest the, and the Rift S use uh, infrared based cameras to look out and map the world to find out where they are, where the headset's positioned, where the uh, hand controllers are positioned. Um, the original Oculus uh, headset also used infrared from uh, cameras that were looking at the headset. There was two or maybe three cameras, and uh, those were used for uh, tracking the headset from a fixed position rather than from the headset looking at the world. Um, but anyways, Oculus has used infrared cameras for pretty much all of their tracking uh, to find out in space. Uh, another place that infrared cameras are used is for capturing depth information of a scene just like a visible camera could. But because it's another color, infrared is really just a, a different color. Um, that technology is able to be used to get more accurate depth information because infrared cameras tend to be only one color. Uh, so the sensor itself actually has uh, about twice as much information and it's in a grid rather than the, uh, the Bayer pattern that a, a regular camera uses. Um, a little technical, but it, it, it is able to provide maybe because it, like a, a outfit um, has a different brightness in infrared, a better representation of what that looks like. Uh, and so that's able to be used to capture volumetric video as well as um, being able to just detect if a person's there or some sort of other um, detection. Uh, it can detect heat. It can detect um, maybe even another type of object that you wouldn't see visually. Um, but anyways, that's it's used in addition sometimes with visible light cameras but uh, also they show up sometimes in very small applications. I believe the, uh, the sensors for the hands on some controllers actually will use infrared. Um, Leap Motion did that with their original sensors had an infrared camera and they could detect the fingers and did some image analysis to find out where they were. Um, anyways, those you'll see pop up everywhere and uh, probably even more spots in the future. Um, of course, we kind of mentioned it here, regular high-speed cameras uh, that can do 30 to 60 frames, maybe even 100 frames a second of capture are able to get really smooth motion and able to help. Um, another place that they're used directly would be for augmented reality, where you're looking at your phone and you're seeing something uh, superimposed on the real world. Uh, obviously, there you have to use the camera for your phone. Uh, but even beyond that, obviously, anything that does a capture, whether it's a 360 video, whether it's a uh, piece of content that's been volumetrically captured of a human, uh, somewhere in that pipeline, there is high-speed cameras, there's regular types of cameras, uh, everything from the small um, camera phone style to a larger uh, full-frame uh, professional photographer's camera or a movie camera have been used in, for mixed reality. Uh, one of the things there in particular 
A lot of cell phone cameras use, or even smaller cheap point and shoot cameras, use what's called a rolling shutter. And that rolling shutter captures each line of video or photo and then sends it off to the uh, main CPU to be processed. Whereas there's also a global shutter that takes the whole image at once and then slowly reads off the lines of video. And uh, the type of sensors that are more useful for VR are those global shutter type of sensors. Uh, a lot of cameras can use that, but they don't have the circuitry programmed to do global shutter. There's some uh, technical issues why that's harder to use, but um, anything that wants more accuracy has to use the global shutter. And that's one reason why some of the cameras, some of the sensors end up being much more expensive than one that looks similar, but isn't tuned for a mixed reality experience. Um, number four on our list here is electromagnetic sensors. So this is one that I thought had a lot of uh, potential earlier on in the VR um, experience uh, back maybe five, 10 years ago. Um, there was a lot of research around ele electromagnetic sensors, but a lot of that research when they try to make a commercial device has turned out to show that there's really a lot of interference. You have a, um, a field of electricity that is generated from pretty much anything, whether it's a human, whether it's, uh, of course, a computer device, uh, but they attempted to use these sensors and have a strong enough electromagnetic field that they were able to detect full six degrees of freedom, where you move, how it's rotated, all of that positional information. And uh, there are several systems that came out that were actually pretty accurate close to the base station, but they were never able to get enough range to really be, let's say, true room scale. And it required you not having any computers, any other uh, even large metal objects in the room or any changing magnetic fields. So if you had maybe a air conditioner above, above that room or some other larger device that, that moved over time or turned on and off, that could throw the whole system off and it would have to be recalibrated. Uh, so it caused some weird artifacts. Uh, several of those companies have gone out of business now or are uh, now part of a, another company purely as a small research team. So I don't see a lot of electromagnetic stuff coming into uh, the near future for mixed reality, but it is definitely a technology that's useful. Um, one of the other technologies we'll talk about later is kind of in the same space, but it would be more about narrowing that down to radio waves. Um, a, along the lines of electromagnetic would be a compass, and you have one of those in your phone. Uh, there's, you may have a camera app or a, a compass app downloaded where you can actually see which direction north is. That's actually using a sensor in your phone that's somewhat accurate, but it's a electromagnetic type of sensor. Um, so the three that are in your phone would be gyroscope, compass, and accelerometer. I would say that's kind of a package deal uh, for VR. Most devices that you'll find that move or want to track your motion have those three sensors, or at least two of those three. And they're used as kind of a filler technology to give a check, make sure that the other sensors are accurate. So if you have cameras, maybe there's a moment where it has trouble determining, did you move left or right? Uh, maybe a light gets turned on in the room. 
and that completely throws the calibration off. Uh, you know, did you somehow hypertransport to a new reality or are you <laughs> in the same place? Uh, but using those sensors, the, the gyroscope, the accelerometer, it can tell, did you move? Uh, are you still in the same place? And kind of provide a little bit of smoothing to those other data points. Um, even with your cell phone uh, in your car, when you are driving and using Google Maps or some other mapping technology, it will use those accelerometers to make sure that the GPS and that kind of agree with each other. And if not, um, if GPS signal is weak, maybe it'll use the accelerometer for a couple hundred feet to assume that you're still going that direction. Um, maybe if the accelerometer is really bumpy, it'll rely on it less, but it can use those type of things to, to smooth out the data points from whatever else you're, um, you're using. Uh, Another technology here would be um, the eye tracking sensors, which technically is basically an infrared camera, but a little bit more using uh, infrared LEDs um, and some other algorithms to find the reflective part of your eye and find out where you're looking. The Vive Pro headset uses this technology and uh, not a lot of games or experiences use it yet but you'll probably find that in a few maybe higher end games or uh, trainings, simulations, uh, quiz type of things where they need to find out where are you looking? Are you actually looking, you know, is your head pointed this direction, but you're looking off to the side? Are you able to maintain gaze? Are you blinking a lot, which might indicate stress or lying or uh, that you're tired? Um, so using that type of technology for your eyes to see if you're blinking or which direction you're looking will, um, will probably make its way into a few other headsets as well. Um, but the, the eye tracking sensor would be one that is quite unique to virtual reality. And uh, I hope to see it used for some really cool experiences. The eye tracking sensor is our sixth one on the list and we have seven more to go, but we're out of time for this week. So you'll have to tune in next time to talk about some of these other exciting sensors. Uh, we've got some really fun stuff on the list, including the GPS uh, sensors, which are down in Europe. The Galileo constellation has actually been down for a few days. Uh, hopefully it'll be up by next week so we can talk about it. Um, I'm looking forward to that discussion and I hope that you will send me a message on Twitter. Tweet me at Manshoots, that's M-A-N-S-C-H-U-T-Z. And let's have a discussion about these first six and uh, maybe what you think should be in that next list of seven. Maybe I'll add to it, maybe there'll be eight or nine. Um, there's so many different types of sensors that are being used for virtual reality so many more even for augmented reality. And we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what these technologies are capable of. And there'll be, continue to be just different types of sensors, different types of mechanics used there. Uh, I'm excited to discuss them. I hope you are too. Let's uh, talk about it next week.